0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. In this church, we've talked about what it could be. We've dreamed, you've heard my dreams of what this city could be, what this community could be if the kingdom of heaven established every inch of it. The kingdom of heaven was consuming every every square foot, every person within it. If this town was a a town in the kingdom of heaven, not a town in Texas, not a town in the United States, but it it looked more like the kingdom of heaven than it did anywhere else. And we've talked about that and what that could be for people to drive through and have depression leave, cancer leave, things like that. What the Lord showed me, and we've talked about this, But that kingdom of heaven has to first exist in in this heart right here in your chest. That has to be true for your story. That every inch of me, every ounce of me, every fiber of me is the kingdom of heaven. And overflows out only the kingdom of heaven. And then, that has to be this place where we gather. When we gather together, when the church, when the body of Christ gather together, when people see it, they have to see that they don't recognize it, And that it looks closer to what the kingdom of heaven is written about in here than it does anything else. There's got to be that, like we read about in Acts, there's got to be that little bit of fear. But also that desire to be a part. They've got to find the kingdom of heaven when they look here. And what the Lord showed me is that He was establishing that kingdom here. That if you existed in here With ailments, the Lord was bringing bringing healing because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I think it's time for us not just to say that, but to encounter that in a way that we can't fathom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. To understand what freedom really is, the person of freedom in its fullness. Not just in what we can comprehend of it, but in its fullness. And the Lord was establishing that in this place as we were singing Great Are You Lord we were singing it and He was consuming it and it didn't look like a room it looked like the Garden of Eden in here that's what the Lord was showing me it just looked like a Garden of Eden it looked like a place where life flourished and where new life was being born and brought out do you receive that this morning? alright so I'm just going to ask you to do something real quick Jay I don't care what you sing but just keep singing I would ask you to Sit down, take a seat, and with open hands, just sit there with open hands and receive what the Lord has for us this morning. Whether that be specific things that He has for you or just that general word, but just sit there and receive what He has for us this morning. Receive what the Father has for His children this morning. As Jay sings, just receive it. We receive that truth, Father, that we will never see the end of your goodness. We have not seen the end of your goodness, and we never will. So I thank you that that allows us to dream of the future goodness that we'll encounter, the future glory that we'll encounter, the future depths of your heart that we'll get to explore and know. Lord, I pray that you would find here in this room dreamers. Father God, that dream with you. As we abide in you, as we remain in you, would you give us dreams, big and fascinating dreams. Lord, let this be a place of dreamers where we desire to see the greatness and goodness of God that we cannot comprehend Even in the midst of it, goodness that we cannot comprehend. Lord, we thank You. We thank You for how You've worked in each individual story to bring them to this moment in time. We thank You how You've worked on our behalf to allow us to be together this morning. We pray blessing over this time. And we believe where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lord, we just thank you for establishing this place in this community. We thank you for what that means for this community. We love you. We praise you. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Children's Church. The few, the proud. Jacks. Look at that mohawk, dude. Golly. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. This is a um. There, there's a there's an odd feeling about this morning. I don't know why. I haven't quite put my finger on it. Um, I don't know that I fully comprehend the gravity of what the Lord wants to say this morning, and. Uh, and what happens if we take hold of it? Um, I, don't know that, I don't know that we'll ever comprehend that. Um, that, that song, will Never See the End. Powerful and profound. There's just, there's just a level of comprehension that we will never have in what the Lord is doing. We will never have it. We will never fully understand all that the Lord is doing. Just talking about it this morning, you can't see... The ripples and how far they go, you can only see them for a little bit. When you drop that rock in the water, you see it for a little bit, but you can't see where it ends. You just know, and we've just settled into the fact that it gets bigger than I can see and comprehend. And that's what the Lord wants to do this morning. That's what He is doing. That's what we find ourselves in the midst of, is these these ripples, this, this work of the Lord that is beyond what we can comprehend. And if we grab hold of it, we get to be participants of it. And something the Lord hit me with yesterday, and I know we know this, but it is possible. And this this stopped me in my track. It is possible for us to not become the fourth pillar in this great move of God. There's a reality that we need to understand in that. Because that word was brought and prophesied over a people that were found in obedience. And the Lord delivered it to them. If we are not continually found in obedience, we won't see it. We have to find ourselves before the Father. We have to recognize the, this fire that he's talked about. That is cutting like a sword. That which is of God and that which isn't. And we are seeing, I am seeing, people I know that work in churches. And I'm seeing churches that I'm looking at them. I'm like, you're on the wrong side of this fire. And that's scary. They've got, they've got Jesus Christ on the door. Spirit of God is not found in that building. And that's scary. And there's a weight to that. And there's, this, is not a, this is not a heavy morning. This is an exciting morning. But there is there's a reality that we, the children of God, have to recognize. That just because we have the title, doesn't mean we get to sit and, and it be done for us. We have to be participants. Do you agree with that? Okay? Don't receive that with heaviness. Just recognize the truth of that. That we are in days where talking about it ain't going to do it. We've talked about a lot of the issues that we see. You turn on the media. Those issues have been talked about for how long? Anything changing? People are getting louder. That's about it. Nothing's changed. Because the Spirit of God is the one that brings the change. The same men that got us here are the same men trying to figure out ways to get out. Can't be done. Has to be God. And the children of God who have been anointed and appointed to lead for such a time as this have to do just that. We have to lead. And we have to be found as participants. And so I say that for your encouragement because I'm excited for what the Lord has this morning. We talked about this on Wednesday. And so I'm going to pick up. If you weren't here on Wednesday, we'll have a, a quick catch up. And then we'll continue on expanding on this word that the Lord has given for this morning. But what we talked about on Wednesday started with this question that I had. I was driving around, sundown, and I just had this question for myself, asking myself this. Are we looking for opportunities to serve? Am I looking for opportunities to serve? And that led to this thought of, man, Lord, I want to have a servant's heart. And he smacked me right on the head. And he said, you just go ahead and stop right here. We're going to talk about this for a second. Because you missed something. There's something you need to be taught correctly. Now, I said that, and a lot of you have heard, let's have a servant's heart. That's a common thing in church, isn't it? That is wrong, 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 wrong. There should not be a single servant's heart in here. You're a child of God. You are a child to the King of heaven. And this is what the Lord said. This is all, I mean, I'm trying to get into different scripture, but the Lord just won't let me. So we're going to talk about the same stuff until the Lord says we can go on. But John 15, 15 says, this is Jesus. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. We are not servants, and we shouldn't have servants' hearts. Romans 8, 17, these are just reminders. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We're heirs with Christ if we're participants with Christ. See that? There's we, we like to, man, I'm a child and I'm an heir. Period. There's a participation aspect in this. It's not a doing. We're not becoming doing people. But when we are who we have been created to be, we establish the kingdom of heaven. That's an action. That's a specific action. The Lord leads us to that action. How do we know those specific actions that we're supposed to take? Galatians 5. If we live by the Spirit, let us also live in step with the Spirit. We're moving, we're not standing still. We're moving, but we're moving at His guidance, in His direction. We are not servants, we are sons and daughters. John 5, 19. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And greater works than these will He show Him, so that you may marvel. We know what our Master is doing. We know what our Father is doing. We can't be servants. So what heart is it that He would establish in us? What heart is it that He would have us establish in us towards our community? Last week we talked about this, Jesus' is perfect theology, amen? If we want to see an example of what our life is to look like, look at Jesus. Conversation over. It's that simple. You don't need a 10-year degree to figure out that Jesus' is perfect theology. There's no other theology but Jesus. We can stand on that. So what heart has He called us to have towards our community? I'm going to point you back to John 15. We'll be in verse 12 this time. We're going to read this whole whole chunk. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. That we love one another as He has loved us. How has He loved us? Greater love has no one than this. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. These things I have commanded you so that you will love one another. Jesus chose to be our friend. He laid down His life for that choice. And then He has sent us out. He has commanded us to go out and do the exact same. That is the heart that He would have us have towards our communities, towards the ones around us, that we would look at them as friends. That doesn't mean we have them over for dinner and they're buddies and we know every intimate detail about their life. But we look at them with this friend's heart. And this is the beautiful thing about the difference between a friend and a servant. A servant fills a need because he's instructed to. A friend sees a need and runs towards it without any asking or request. You guys, I hope that you have a friend like that. That someone has a friend that you can think of that when you were in a tough situation, they they were just there. Just plain and simple. They just showed up. You didn't ask them to be there. You didn't ask anything specific of them. They were just there. If you don't have one here on this earth, you have one in heaven. Because He has been there for every one of those situations and He will be for every one of those situations greater than any one of us could be. But He, is, he has called us friends and He has called us to adopt the heart of a friend towards our community. And lastly, this is still ketchup. I, I'm a firm believer, and Randy's taught us this. The enemy, is, he's not incredibly clever, and he doesn't really have a poker face. He shows his hand pretty quick. But the way he comes at the children of God is he does everything he can to make you feel alone. Think of any hard time that you've ever been through. Any discouraging time that you've ever been, been through. How quickly and how easily was it for you to forget those that have surrounded you? That the day before you were calling your friends in your community, and then the next day you're like, I have no one. He plants those thoughts because he knows that if he can get us alone, it's easy to take us. He's just said it in Ecclesiastes. But if we stay in fellowship, he can't break us. And Jesus taught us that. Jesus has lived that. He put it on display. God has called us to serve this community with a friend's heart. But not simply to serve, but to open the door. We had this conversation. Uh, this actually I forgot a major announcement. I'll just work it into the sermon. This Wednesday, uh, our women are gathering together together again uh, during, the, during the service. It will just be women in here. Uh, it's not going to be like last time where it's meet our, our women's minister and invite all your friends. It's if you attend church here, if you know someone that attends church here, who's a woman, they need to be here. Because you are going to receive specific instruction for what the Lord is doing through our women's ministry. There is a plan laid out. Normally we, we ask the Lord to highlight what this ministry is going to be and he kind of gives us a little bit at a time. He's given us like 20 steps. He's like, Here, here's the whole thing. There you go. He's given all of it. So it, is, it is, you've got your marching orders, ladies. There are actionable steps that we can immediately begin to take. So come and hear about that. Hear what the Lord has specifically highlighted uh, to Amy for our women and for the women in this community. But anyways, in our conversation, we had a conversation on Tuesday What the Lord wants to do and what He's highlighted in this ministry is that He desires to get us in the door. What what He has specifically is this first step is to get us in the door, to build trust, to allow us favor with these people, to get us in the door, so to speak, physically and so to speak, to get us into the door of their life. That is friendship. That's what friendship is. When they find you just present, pursuing them with this heart of a friend, the door has become open to you. That's step one. We've been made a friend to them. We are a friend to them. They have seen that. They encounter that. that We are their friend. Now what's next? And this is the big part. This is the really, really, really big part. There's a lot of weight to this word. And it has been so overlooked for so long in the world. It has been so overlooked misunderstood for so long but this morning the lord has clarity for us and that's why it was so important for us to sit there for a moment and just get our hearts ready to receive receive what the lord has ahead of time receiving what he has for us this morning but what friendship opens the door to it 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 opens the door to discipleship discipleship has been lost in the church in our communities People of faith, we don't know what discipleship is. It has been, I, my first encounter with, with discipleship was go to a, a class on a Wednesday night and be discipled. It's just Wednesday night church. There's no discipleship there. It's just another church service. It has been so misunderstood. Or it's been recognized that, hey, that's going to take a little bit of work. I don't really have time for that. That's the big one. That the people of God have been so consumed with the busyness of their, their own days that they've forgotten what it is to disciple those around them. We've forgotten what it is to be a friend. And I've recognized that in myself. I've, I've recognized, remember, when, when we bring these words, these are first learned in me and brought to me to make sure it's checked within me before I bring it to this body. But the Lord has, rec- you get so consumed with the things that you want to do. That you miss every opportunity for discipleship. Every single opportunity. Had a guy show up on my porch um, two days ago, I guess. And I met him, introduced myself. He was talking to my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law is one of the greatest just friends I've ever ever encountered. Uh, He just naturally loves people. And this guy just came off the street to speak with my brother-in-law. It's just what he does. But... And I, after talking to him and the niceties, I walk inside and I sit down and I start looking at my phone. It's like, what are you doing? I've, just, I've hand-delivered this person to you and you are consumed with what you have to do, with the next thing that consumes you and affects no one but you. So I got up my, off my butt real quick and I went back outside and we talked. But, man... How easy is that for us to do? It's the world we live in. Children of God, no more. Matthew 28, we know this. Verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Friendship opens the door to discipleship. Look at Jesus. He lived life with the disciples, and he discipled them in the midst of that life. He's perfect theology's prime example, but these 12 disciples, and it's important to look at that, the 12 disciples, and then there was this smaller group, and then an even smaller group that Jesus discipled. It's kind of this, this pyramid of, of sorts, this small, it just funneled down. But Jesus discipled them. He didn't just say, "All right, meet me here on a Tuesday and we're going to have our discipleship time. He lived life. And they lived life with Him. And He discipled them in the midst. When did they figure out about the peace and the power of God that has control over the wind and the waves? When did they learn about the Spirit of God that they would soon get that could control the natural weather around them? They learned about it in the boat when the storm was raging and Jesus was there sleeping. And they recognized the power and authority that was in him, that what God had anointed and appointed for them to do was not going to be stopped by anything, including the weather. And they were about to get that Spirit of God in them, that same power, that same authority. When He died and He made a way, they were going to get that. He discipled them in that. He introduced them to that in the midst of their story. He didn't just tell them about this time when He did that. They encountered it. They experienced it. Discipleship with them was encountered in the midst of their story because He walked with them. And you can only disciple someone when you are willing to walk with them as a friend first. friend gets you in the door, but they have to know that you are willing to walk with them. Not just because you say, but because you show up, because you're present, because you're there. Turn with me to Luke 10. We know this story will be in verse 25, the parable of the Good Samaritan. This is this parable is such a testimony to the season that the Lord has brought us into. What he has anointed and called this this church, this house to be, to our community. Verse 25, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. As he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will pay when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers?' He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. He was willing to meet the man where he was. What does that look like? What word does that illustrate? That's kindness. That's kindness and friendship. Kindness doesn't exist without friendship. Friendship doesn't exist without kindness. That's what it is. That's the heart of the Father towards the people, towards our community. And he made a choice to serve him not being asked he chose to go and serve him and that is the heart of a friend and then we see discipleship we saw him go to where he was meet him where he was at and give him exactly what he needed in that place give him exactly what he had at that time in that place and then he walked alongside him giving him continuing to give him what he needed and he gave him what he had and how do you how many do you How many of you know that you cannot give away what you do not have? If you are broken, how can you make someone whole? If you do not recognize the Father as your friend, how can you be a friend to anyone else? He is our friend. And He pursues us. He disciples us. Each and every day, if we would just give Him an ear, He would teach us. He would instruct us. He would build us up and equip us with what we needed for that day. You cannot give away what you do not have. So we have to receive what the Lord has for us. We have have to find ourselves walking and living this life proclaiming the fact and knowing the truth and living the reality of God is my friend. The Father and Creator of the universe is a friend to me. And I am His. He did call you friend first. And now we get to be His. I talked about this Wednesday night. If you want to see what it looks like for a man on this earth alive today to be a friend to God, go watch Graham Cook. It's It's hilarious. This guy has, every, every morning he has coffee with God. Pours God a cup, just in case God wants to drink it one day. He'll be prepared. But you can, you can almost watch him when he's preaching. The Lord's just telling him what to say, and he's just saying it. There's no notes. There's nothing. He's just The Lord's just speaking to him, and then he's telling him. And the Lord will stop him, and they'll just have their little sidebar, and then they'll continue on. He's a friend to God. And the world is being dramatically changed because this man is a friend to God. And he recognizes that. He lives in that reality. He owns that. And then there is so much discipleship now allowed to flow through him because he has found himself a friend to God. He received that. God is his friend and I am, I am his. And then he's a friend to the world around him and he gets to disciple these people. But this, the friendship gets us in the door that we could begin to disciple. We have to be friends to our community. We have to have a a heart of a friend towards our community. We have to see need and run towards it. We're not waiting anymore. Jay said this and we continue to just see the reality of this, but the waiting on God is in between the next step. That little space between the ground and my foot before my foot hit the ground, that's the waiting now. It's not sitting still anymore. We live in step with the Spirit and we know and there's testimony that the Spirit of God is not waiting around for things to happen. He is moving with urgency. We have to move with urgency as well. I'm seeing the Lord move in urgency. I'm seeing the Lord give people identity the second we start talking about it. Not, hey, let's come back in a week and we'll talk about it some more. And the Lord's like, no, they're not leaving until they have it. He's moving with urgency. I'm seeing the Lord highlight an entire ministry and every step of that ministry, every question that we could have already completely answered in the structure of what He's created, Him just laying out the whole thing saying, go. I don't have time for you guys to wait on the, oh, are we supposed to do this? Are we not supposed to do this? I'm just going to give it now you go. There's urgency, and we, the children of God, have to move with that same urgency. And I'm telling you right now, each week he continues to highlight who we are to be to this community. He continues to tell us who we are to be, how we are to live, how we are to instruct this world, lead this world in this move of God, how we are to be the pillar of God in this next great move. We know it's through kindness. And then we're just seeing things that exist within kindness. We're seeing forgiveness and showing the world what it is to live with forgiveness. That you could wrong me for the rest of my life and you will only ever see God in me towards you. The heart of the Father in me towards you. What exists within kindness? Friendship. Friendship. He called us His friends. Knowing what you would do, what we would do in our own life towards Him. All these years later, knowing that there were people that he called his closest friends that were getting ready to deny that they even had anything to do with him, he still called them friends. He still calls us friends. That's kindness, and he still discipled, knowing the wrong they would do to him. He discipled them for three years, knowing that he would be betrayed. By one one of the ones closest to him, he discipled him. Kindness flowed out of him to this man. He found nothing in Jesus but a friend. He is perfect theology. He is our perfect example. This community needs to find nothing but friends here towards them. Seeing a need and running towards it passionately, with fire, with urgency. Not because they've asked, but because we get to fill that need. We get to be the ones that stand in that gap. What an honor it is that for such a time as this, the Lord has called you to be a friend to the world around you. What an honor that we could, we could love one another as Christ first loved us. That we could love one another with that same love. And then it's not just being a friend to them. But it's them recognizing that, yeah, we we came and we saw their need and we saw the way they needed help and we jumped in and we helped, but then we didn't go home. We didn't leave. Two, three, four days later, months later, years later, we're still right there with them. That's discipleship. We see a lot of this very segmented and broken down in the world today. We see an attempt at kindness. We see an attempt at friendship. We see an attempt at serving one another. We see an attempt at discipleship. But if we would just engage the Father, press in, all of those things flow in this river and they're just this one great big thing. It's not about just showing up on a a particular day, helping them with a need and then them never seeing us again. It's about seeing the need and running towards it. Being a friend. Having the heart of a friend towards our community. And then sticking around, discipling them, giving them what we have. Giving them what the Lord has given us for free. The knowledge of God, the freedom of God that came at no cost to us. And we get to be the vessels that would carry that to someone. Think of what the freedom of God has done in your story personally. Just think about your own testimony. and What the Lord has done in you what He has done for you. And now think of the reality of this, that you get to be the vessel that would carry that into someone else's life. Whoa. What an honor. We get to be friends. I'll only ever phrase it like that. Not that we have to be friends. We get to be friends and we get to disciple our community. We get to disciple the world around us. We get to engage. We get to be a vessel for kindness to the world around us. Amen? Y'all receive that this morning. The Lord has called us to be an active church. Not doing activity just for the sake of doing activity. Been a part of that. It's no fun. But being active in our pursuit of Him. Being active in in our desire to, to know Him and experience Him in a deeper way. And being active in obedience, active to live out and walk out the way He has called us to live out and walk out. Not doing anything else. Not, okay, how can we be a friend to our community? Well, let's just, uh, here's a good idea. Let's just do this. Oh, be a friend to these people as Jesus is a friend to you. However, He would highlight specifically for you to be a friend to them in each and every moment. But be that towards them. Be that for them. We've heard this many times, but we get to be the reflection of Jesus here on earth. We've talked about this with our kids, that our kids, their first glimpse of Jesus should be us. That's the same for this community. They should see Jesus in us. And He was our friend. They should see that same heart reflected towards them. Amen? Lord, we just... We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for how you're highlighting and instructing. I pray that you would find us actively engaging what you have for us. That you would find us friends. A heart of a friend towards our community. Seeking to serve. Seeking to pursue them. Seeking to to just be there for them wherever we're needed. But also, Lord, you have called us to discipleship. To disciple those around us. And that is simply just living life with them. And giving away freely what you have given to us. Lord, I pray this morning we would be fully equipped and fully ready. To leave this Leave this room, leave this building with a friend's heart. Father God, with a desire to walk alongside the people of this community. To des- a desire to, A desire to disciple. A desire for them to experience and encounter the kindness of God in their own story. Pray that we would move with urgency as you are moving with urgency. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you have chosen this place to bring this word. I thank you that you have entrusted us with much. Much. Lord, I pray that we would be stewards, good stewards of all that you have given, all that you have spoken. We would always find ourselves in a place of obedience to be this next, to be the pillar of God in this great move of God that we see right now. Lord, we love you. Be glorified in us this morning. May the truth that you have spoken be established in our hearts forevermore in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.